0: few different dimensions on gender diversity you know that's a often talked about subject within tech of just gender diversity and so you know we um, fortunately are uh, two-thirds women one-third men at chatbooks Uh, now a lot of that's from our our part-time customer support group but if you take that out and you're just talking about employees here in hq we're half and half and our uh, leadership team is half and half uh, men and women and that has had a profound impact on our business, especially considering ninety percent plus of our customers are women right. um, the, you can look back at chapbook's history and see all the inflection points and tie them very closely to when you know we had more women on the team and their voice and influence and the product strategy in our marketing and branding and everything and you know, our our, um, our executive team is is uh, half men half women and I, uh, I would implore anyone who is in a position of uh, being able to guide the direction of, of um, a company in terms of who they hire and who they choose to keep that diversity um, along gender and race and um, all the dimensions is, is definitely a positive.
1: Welcome to the Silicon Slopes Life Podcast. I'm Andrew Diaz, and each month I bring you the heartwarming, interesting, and fun stories from the people that make the Silicon Slopes community a place to call home. Hey guys, today we talked to Dan Jimenez, the COO of Chatbooks. And I was really impressed about the culture and community that they're building over there. It's a really cool office with record players, vinyl, a whole vinyl collection, ping pong tables, everything you'd expect from a young startup in the Silicon Valley. They've brought to the Silicon Slopes, except without all the pretentiousness. Um, <laughs> that's, that's rude for Silicon Valley people. I'm so Sorry. <laughs> Um, but they were really great over there. Uh, a lot of fun, and I loved uh, their intentionality about how they're building their uh, their vibe over there. I hope you enjoy this episode of Silicon Slopes Life. And as always, if you have any questions or want me to interview anybody else in the community, um, I'm looking for suggestions. So please leave me a message uh, below or. However you're consuming this, or email me at andrew at siliconslopeslife.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. All right, I'm talking with Dan Jimenez today of Chatbooks um, here in Provo. We're in the Provo office. So, Dan, you and I have known each other now for, oh, man. We've been in Alpine for six, seven years. Yeah, I would say something. about seven years about at least. Seven years. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we first met, you were at BYU and and going through the MBA program. Yeah. Um, and right after, it was right around the time you graduated, and you started doing a lot of uh, interviews with Google and a lot of the Silicon Valley companies. Yeah. Um, and it was really fun to watch your experience watch you go through that experience like from the sidelines that's kind of cool the confusion yeah yeah well (laughs) what to do right but but that you're at that level from out of BYU to be able to have conversations in those spaces that's that's pretty neat just out of uh, out of a Brigham Young come to find out it's one of the top colleges for young entrepreneurs in in the tech space
0: yeah I can't I can't speak highly enough of that program and what they do to to build connections with uh, particularly all the tech companies and there's just boundless opportunity for people coming out of out of that program, and um, I think um, with time, you're just going to see more and more folks come from Utah out to Silicon Valley, Seattle, L.A. You know these bigger bigger metros, and then you know a lot of them will come back to Utah too because they, they love living here so much. And well, that's what I'm starting to see, right? I mean, that's the cool thing about and the U of U has a great program yeah, as well.
1: Yeah. Um, and they do connect you to all of those hubs, mm-hmm. but what we're seeing more and more over the past eight to ten years is people coming back to Utah, yeah. or or an infiltration of people from California that were from that, like myself, yeah. that are have have moved here. Um,
0: why do you think that is? I think uh, you know, it seemed about ten years ago is when the tides started to shift uh, in terms of. Um, more opportunity, uh, career opportunity, especially within tech here in Utah. And you had companies. Obviously, you had WordPerfect in the early days, and then you had you know Novell, and then Omniture was probably the catalyst of Omniture being sold to to, to Adobe. And then yeah. from there, there was just so many new companies starting off um, that that had kind of spun out of those um, early successes. And then you had uh, more availability of capital, so more. Uh, venture capital investment all the way from early stage to, you know, later stage. And so it just, it kind of just started, it was like a snowball effect. And in the, until now it's, you know, you can have a great career here in any particular type of tech or profession within tech, and you, you don't feel like you have to compromise here with your career, like maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, you felt like you had to.
1: Right. Yeah. The growth there, the growth um, arc for you as, from a career standpoint, I mean, you could start and finish here. And and be completely satisfied. One of the things I hear a lot from people that have moved here, that have been in that world from Austin, Texas, New York, L.A., you know Silicon Valley, yeah. is that the um, their work-life balance here is mm-hmm. better than it was anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost the culture here being very familial. Mm-hmm. Uh, community-based culture uh, t- kind of expounds upon that in regard to the work-life balance, yeah. uh, where being home with the family for dinner is important. You know, yeah. I have friends that work in, as I'm sure you do, that work in, in San Jose that, you know, they're get, I'm, I call them at like seven in, in California time, and they're just getting on the road to get back home. Yeah. And that that in and of itself is a, is a you know, you have... Uh, to the drive is going to take you another hour, you know, just to get home. And, yeah. um, so, you know, and, and a lot of those guys come in here and they're, they're you know, riding their mountain bikes out in the dirt and, you know, at five 30 and yeah, hanging out. And, there's
0: something about being in the, uh, the setting of having the mountain so close and it's just, Hey, you could be there in 15 minutes. And so, you know, why don't, you know, let's finish up around five or six o'clock so we can all go home at dinner and then go on a ride before sunset. You yeah. Know, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, a. It's really appealing. (laughs) So tell me about your choice then
1: to, um, tell me about your choice to choose to stay
0: here and how you and Chatbooks came together. Yeah. So I was finishing up uh, the full-time MBA program at BYU and uh, was actually set to move out to San Francisco and work uh, in a strategy consulting role at one of the uh, consulting companies. And I was really excited about that and I was really excited to move to the Bay Area, be kind of in the in the heart of technology, and, and uh, uh, right about that time of graduation, um, through um, a part-time job that I had working with a, a venture capital firm here locally, I got introduced to a really interesting entrepreneur named Nate Quigley, who had recently started a company called Chatbooks, and uh, we were, in the fund that I was working at, we were invested in Chatbooks, but I had never heard of them. I was like, "Hey, who's Chapbooks?" And they're like, "Uh, you know, we 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 backed them." I'm like, "Oh, I actually have no <laughs> clue who they are." So, kind of shows you the kind of the size of Chapbooks at the time. And so, I went and met Nate, and just I, I had I had worked in a little bit in consulting. I'd worked a little bit in, in venture capital, private equity, and the one thing I hadn't yet dabbled in was like, what is it like to work at a brand new startup? Mm. And so I thought, "Hey, I've got some time before I move out to San Francisco, and uh, maybe I'll I'll work with Nate for a little bit." And so I, I met him and and it was uh him and about four or five other guys and uh, a couple of part-time customer support people and I was like what you know put me to work for a month or two and let's see what this is like and two to three weeks in i was in love i loved the brand i loved the people i was working with i loved the ability to uh make a difference in, in on a daily basis i could show up to work that day and be like hey let's talk about pricing let's talk about our product strategy and you know we can implement that in a matter of days to weeks where in my prior experience, you know, timelines for that kind of actions, months, years. Right, I, I guess that
1: that's a really cool thing about being part of a startup in the beginning, right, is, is to see some actionable things happen within a quick period of time. Yeah. You know, you're able to really have a hands-on um, approach to it and, and coming from where you came from to have the experience to have a, an overarching view of what you want to see happen too, right? Yeah. Rather than just, this is my file, this is what I'm working on. Yeah. I mean, you're building an entire company and from when, when did you start working with them? What year It would was have that? been
0: April of 2015. Okay. And yeah. now we're in almost, uh, uh, almost March, 2019. Yeah.
1: Right. So we're, we're it, within a really short period of time. You've already expanded
0: chat books out to, I mean, how many employees now, so we're about 110 employees. Okay, about uh, 60 of those are full time here in Provo and Salt Lake, and then another 50 are all around the U.S. and the, that's our customer support group. We call them the Mom Force, and they're that's stay-at-home awesome. moms. They they work about 20 hours a week, and they handle all of our customer support. and They're awesome.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit, just so people, if, you know, you're not clear about what chat chatbooks is what yeah. what is it what what service are they do you
0: provide yeah so at chatbooks we are a mobile app uh, photo book uh, and holiday card company so we we make apps for your iPhone for Android we also have a web app to make it as easy as possible to get great photo books get the photos off of your phones and into your hands okay so if I'm uh, like
1: I'm an Instagram guy right yeah and and I've got these great pictures of my kids and and, uh, I want to share them with my mom, but she's like, Hey, I, what was that photo you took three months ago, but she can't yeah. find it anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause maybe I even put it on, on the, what's the Instagram story, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause that's all like, I, the way I use Instagram is more for the story. I, I yeah. That's how I, most
0: everybody uses it. Now. So yeah. you're
1: able to take that. Content and mm-hmm. then turn it into like a, a, an actual tangible book that yeah. you can share with family and friends.
0: Yep, if you use Instagram, it's super easy. You just connect it once, and then every time you post, it pulls it into your book. It's automatically formatted with the caption you might have put on that photo, the date, the location, and every 60 photos that you add to your book automatically prints and ships to your house.
1: That's really neat because it also, I would imagine, makes you more intentional when you're on social media as well. Yeah. if it's if it has the comment on it or you're taking the photo, I know a lot of people just and I'm guilty of it as well where I just get into a scroll mm-hmm. mindset and and the contents you know I never leave Instagram feeling a lot better about yeah. myself you yeah. know what I mean yeah. social media in general I, I mean
0: I hate to kind of crap on social media but the, it's it's the yeah, truth it's, but it's, it's the wave right now it's everyone's starting to realize that uh, it's not all good. You know, there's, there's habits and it changes our brain and and the way we, uh, we think and perceive the world. And so I think there's going to be a lot of significant changes uh, in social media in the coming years. But, you know, we see with our customers that they use it for journaling. This is, I want to document the everyday story of my life. And so I know I'm going to get this in a photo book that me and my kids are going to enjoy. So I'm going to change the way that I I uh, interact with this platform
1: that's a really good point too to, to be able to basically have a visual journal without and and you're not really having to put a lot of work right. toward it it's yeah. just doesn't all, feel
0: like work because right. you've already done it and it
1: automatically just shows up at your door mm-hmm. one thing that you guys did that I want everybody to know about that really touched me was after the fires in California yeah can
0: you talk about that a little bit yeah so after the the devastating fires in California we uh, we thought hey what can we do as a business to help these folks out? Cause uh, we have, like I said, with the mom force, we have a, a bunch of our employees that live uh, in California and some that were affected and evacuated. And um, we saw other brands doing some really neat things. And so we decided, Hey, we're going to reprint anybody's photos. It doesn't matter if you bought chapbooks from us before or not. If you lost a shoebox full of photos, Um, or if you, if you have anything, you know, printed that, that you still have access to that you can, you can uh, put on, on your phone or on your computer, we'll reprint that at no cost. And so we had a incredible response from that. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to do things like that, which, um, you know, is really not a huge cost to us, but is um, I think it makes a big deal for those particular people.
1: I read when I when I saw that you guys had done that, I was reading some of the comments about how it did affect their lives and mm-hmm. and and just how appreciative they were of, of you guys doing that. So that was really that's those are those are the, the stories that tell me the the real culture of of a company. Yeah, you know what I mean, like the, what you're, what you guys are all about, and it seems to me it's very, um, it's pretty consistent here in Utah with a lot of the, mm. the younger startups and even some of the bigger companies that are, uh, they're very philanthropic and very mm-hmm. um, community focused. It, I mean, I mean, I wonder if it's because we are here. I wonder if that, that's part of it, but it, it seems more so than another. Um, Check communities. But. Yeah,
0: I think the community here is very uh, integrated. It feels small still; like you can get to know about everybody if you know you put in the work and you go to enough meetups and enough um, conventions and stuff like that. Like the Silicon Slopes uh, Summit that was was just held, you can get to know about everybody pretty quick. Right. And uh, it's growing for sure, but it, it, it is I think a pretty tight knit community, and people want to help each other. And you know, we have entrepreneurs here that'll come in and talk to myself or Nate or, or uh, Vanessa or any of the founders and like, Hey, I'm I'm looking to start a business. And, uh, you know, I, I want some advice. This is what I'm thinking. And I've seen, I've seen Nate be very giving of his time, uh, to, to help people out, even people trying to launch something that might be, um, currently or in the future competitive with us. Hmm. And I've seen lots of people take conversations with folks that might be building something that's competitive. And, um, I, uh, you know, from what I've heard, and a little bit of time I've spent in Silicon Valley, I, I think that that it's maybe a little bit different over there. Um, but but here it's like hey, we're kind of we've got this uh, you know chip on our shoulder. If we got we're a small market, we've got yeah. something to prove, and so let's all kind of band together. That's great. What is um, what is your feeling about bringing
1: in when you were talking about integration? Uh, uh, that can happen from a professional level, but also like in a, social, in a social perspective, having more diversity in not only tech, but diversity in, in our community here in Utah. Because I know that when people, when I was moving here, everybody, yeah. all of my family and friends back in California was so afraid of me moving to Utah. You know, like, oh <laughs> yeah. no, we're going to lose Andrew to yeah. a horse and buggy community. Yeah. And it was like, no, you guys, it's a, it's a really cool spot to live. And, and until people come out here and actually see it, yeah, it's really hard to to show them that that it is very diverse here. Not yeah. very. I mean, it's not. You know, mm-hmm. we're not in, in Los Angeles, but but there is some diversity here. Yeah. What, what are some things that um, either you guys do here or within the Silicon Slopes community in general that are that are happening to help? Kind of. I, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast, right? Is to, to let people know, um, yeah. you know, that that we have that here. That that. That we're growing it and it's not right where I'd like to see it yet but it's no. definitely growing
0: yeah um, what can you speak to that a little bit about yeah. I and I would I would echo your sentiment that we're making progress but we have a long ways to go um, yeah. but I, I definitely see progress being made here at Chatbooks, um on there's come a, a few different dimensions on gender diversity you know that's a often talked about subject within tech of just gender diversity sure. and so Big. you know we um, fortunately are Uh, Two-thirds women, one-third men at Chatbooks. Uh, Now, a lot of that's from our our part-time customer support group. But if you take that out and you're just talking about employees here in HQ, we're half and half. Mm. And our uh, leadership team is half and half, uh, men and women. And that has had a profound impact on our business, especially considering 90% plus of our customers are women. Right. Um, You can look back at Chatbooks' history and see all the inflection points and tie them very closely to when you know, we had more women on the team and their voice and influence and the product strategy in our marketing and branding and everything. And our, our, um, our executive team is, is uh, half men, half women. And I, uh, I would implore anyone who is in a position of uh, being able to guide the direction of, of um, a company in terms of who they hire and who they choose to keep that diversity um, along gender and race and um, all the dimensions is, is definitely a positive. I think that there's a mindset that you have that you have to uh, to have of um, the the optimal outcome comes through as many diverse ideas as possible, and uh, once you believe that, then you know you you start to see the change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an intentional.
1: It's it, it's it's having the in the intentional. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think it should you. be intentional.
0: I think mm-hmm. you, you know you should see that that and there's countless, you know, studies and data and everything that shows that um, diversity on your team, whether that's your whole company or whether it's a small team of five, a product team of five people, mm-hmm. that the more diversity there is um, of thought and background, the uh, the quicker you're going to come to the optimal solution. That's good. Uh, one more anecdote I would share is, uh, you know, I lived, I've i lived half of my life in Utah and half outside of Utah in various states and East Coast mostly, and, um, you know, out there, you know, we talk about here in Utah, it's it's full, full of a bunch of Mormons, right? right? And I was out there, I was the only Mormon in in the whole company. Exactly. And, you know, coming back to Utah, you, you come back here and it feels, uh, you know, a bit more like home. And there's, you know, plenty of of, uh, of LDS people um, walking around here at Chatbooks. Yesterday, I went out to lunch with a group um, and there was probably seven of us and I was the only Mormon around the table. And I hmm. thought, it's been a while since this has happened. But <laughs> this is really awesome. Like, I love this. Like, I love... I love the people that I work with. This is this is amazing. Well, I
1: I as an uh, I wanted to note that as I was welcomed into the Chatbooks um, headquarters, I was asked if I wanted a coffee, and that was really oh yeah that was great man yeah. i was like wait a minute we've been working on our coffee around here we've put some
0: people as like chief coffee officers so you, like, you buy whatever you need to make it good because we have no idea what we're talking about i don't have the, i don't have the flavor buttons in my mouth for that so you go ahead and get that
1: taken that's right up. i like that yeah i was i was like oh look at this all right we got some, we got coffee offer." so yeah, i big strides <laughs> So and that's the one thing I've noticed, too. And you and I have talked about this in the past is there's a generation of LDS that live here in Utah that um, I think over the past probably 20 plus years, um, they've moved out of the state. They've moved back to the state. Mm. And what I found is a such an open armed. They took all of the open armed community, family based love that they've been brought up in the church, mm-hmm. and they, they share it with everybody around them. Mm-hmm. And now that more people are moving to Utah that are, that are not of the faith, those arms are still wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the experience that I've had. That's and, and, I, and I think that you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that hasn't had that experience. There's going to be some outliers here and there I'm yeah. sure like you yeah. would in any community just like when you were you know you when you were in South Carolina mm-hmm. things weren't the best for you there when you were the only Mormon kid but mm-hmm. um, you know I think more often than not you have such a um, most of your community is pretty open to armed and could really Care less. They just want to have good good neighbors, good people, good experiences yeah. living
0: around here. And I, I really, that's something that's been really great living where, where yeah. we live. Well, that's great to hear. And I know I'm sure there's lots of progress left to be made, but from my peer set that I see it, exactly how you described, I think we're all, we all really want, um, we all want everybody to, to feel included. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I want,
1: I was wondering what, because I know that. I know there's some things on the on the horizon for chat books it, yeah. you're always innovating you've always, you there hasn't been a, a month here that you haven't thought of new things to get chat books to grow and be
0: mm-hmm. more um, uh, be a tipping point for you guys yeah I, that's a great question and like you said we're always thinking about it um, you know we're four or five years in and um, to date the focus has really been around how can we make it as easy as possible to make a photo book from your phone that's been the the core focus, and uh, we're we've made a lot of progress with that, and we'll continue to work on that. And that's our, that's our bread and butter. And some of the things we're looking into the future and in, in the near future, and things that are coming down the pipe are, what are the other forms of content that we? Take and then we share with each other mm-hmm. that we want to hold on to and, and 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 share in a way that's less about like uh, I'm gonna put this on Instagram so I can get my light like count up mm-hmm. and more of like Grandpa and Grandma really want to see this and they could get it in a photo book or they could get it in all you know lots of different formats so you know exploring video live photos audio mm-hmm. so that those different forms of media. Um, as well as uh, the way in which it's delivered. Is it in the photo book? Is it a photo book that can ca- tie very quickly to a digital experience? Is it, is it just a separate app? There's, there's lots of things in that area that we're, we're working with right now, and um, some prototypes that are actually going to, uh, or some things that are in beta right now that'll be public in a month or so that I'm really excited about. Which is um, so? uh, so I mean, if you, I'll say, uh, I'll say, there are uh, new apps we're coming out with that um, I think are going to take a very unique spin on social media. Oh wow! But not social media. Yeah, like social network, more tight network, people that you really care about communicating with. And um, how do you uh, how do you stay connected and share those memories, um, but in a way that's not fueled by ads or influencers or timeline yeah. algorithms and all these things oh, to try and, uh, try and try to little purify the social network experience yeah a bit. yeah
1: I think that's a great I mean there's definitely missing there there's a product missing in that space yeah and if you guys could fill that that would be awesome yeah that's great do you have things on the website or through your app that are kind of education of how to
0: curate curate better material that's a great um, that's a great question. Um, we have probably more through our social media accounts. We'll mm-hmm. do more education around like, you know, here's some tips and tricks on yeah. how to either take better photos, um, you know. But within the app, we have um, you know uh, the the product itself will help you organize your photos and like, hey, here are all the screenshots and photos of receipts and all the stuff that we know you don't want. So we're going right. to throw that off to the side. Here's all the duplicates of photos you took like four in a row you know this is the one that has all the eyes open and looking at the camera so we're gonna pick that one but you can you know you can decide to pick another one wow. if you want um so we're trying to use more of um you know technology of machine learning and in ai to help predict uh people's curation choices that's what i was gonna
1: ask it sounds like you got some ai predictability yeah. uh algorithms going on yeah, there. That's yeah. Pretty, yeah
0: that's pretty high level tech yeah, for yeah. A, uh, you know, for, for a photo book, photo company. Book company. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's a, a, we've learned a lot in the last year, um, since we've launched this, this technology of how much does our customer care to know that that's what's happening versus that just needs to work behind the scenes. Mm. And I just want to see the benefits of it. We use the analogy of a self-driving car a lot in that, um, You know, we have Teslas today that can drive themselves, and I'm sure if the regulators would allow us, you know, you could sit in the back seat and it would take you from from point A to point B. But there's the consumer trust of, like, do I really feel comfortable enough not having my hands on the wheel and then there's, uh, if you don't have a Tesla, you know, you probably have lane keep assist or blind spot monitoring mm-hmm. or something like that. There's varying levels of comfort that a consumer has with a product and how smart it can be. And uh, out of the gate, we came out with like the fully functioning, self driving, hands off the wheel. In fact, we're not even going to give you a steering wheel type of solution. And <laughs> we learned a lot of, uh, from our customers of like, that's not what I want. Um, <laughs> I want my hands on the wheel, oh, I interesting. want pedals. And we're like, okay, great. Like, how do we how do we make it all work behind the scenes to feel very seamless? And like, oh man, this is this is super smart. It's kind of taking care of all the stuff I do, anyways. But I I get to make kind of the final yeah. curation choices because there's so much about you know personal preference that that can't be predicted that you have to leave to the user. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Otherwise, it gets creepy. Yeah, that's right. It can be pretty <laughs> creepy.
0: Yeah. That's that's pretty high
1: level, though. Yeah, that's uh, that's that is exciting. There's some. I'm going to have to um, look deeper into that on on how I work with content in the future because it seems that the social media sites, the the one reason I like Instagram is because it tends to not get too political. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of what the original Facebook was, which was share the picture with grandma kind of a thing or, hey, how's my friend from high school doing? And I didn't have to find out that my friend from high school is a complete racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Now that's gone from Facebook. I get. I. I. I it, there's no joy. It, yeah. As Mary Kondo says, it sparks no joy. No joy. Yeah. <laughs> no joy <is> sparked there. <laughs> um. But it it sounds like you're moving into a space that would really actually, even add more joy than than what Instagram would. Yeah. Just because you're sharing and you're you're building the community that you, that you want to build. Yeah. Around that, and it's not about. Any kind of ulterior motive of hey I'm trying to hey everyone look at my new mm-hmm. you know listing or anything like that it's check out the kids you know running around and, and, and playing in the backyard or, yeah. or things like that
0: yep when, um, when the business model is to sell ads to uh, advertisers then a whole lot of things have to change about the platform to uh, I, I have to get you to come in every day and I need you to see seven ads before you exit. And I, you know, right. I got to, I got to build an algorithm to make sure that like the content you engage with most appears at the top, even though grandma's post is going to be 30 posts down and you're never, never going to see, see it. it. You nah. know, there's just a lot of adverse things that have happened and um, that uh, I'm sure Facebook and Instagram are going to have to, um, they're going to have to change the way that they, it, they, uh, they run all of that. But uh, in the meantime, you know, we know that these memories are super important to our, to our customers to everybody and they they want they want to be able to share without all the noise can I can I use chat books without using a uh,
1: social media platform
0: yes yeah You okay. can connect to your camera roll on your phone you can connect to your Google Photos directory you can connect to Dropbox
1: so if I let's say I take photos with um, my just DSLR camera mm-hmm, mm-hmm and then i also have photos that i use with my phone camera mm-hmm. and i save everything to my my dropbox or google mm-hmm. yep. i can i can uh, integrate those through chatbooks as yep. well yep so there's really no reason because my my wife does um uh, what are those things called like a christmas book of, of a photo book you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and and spends months, months putting together it, the you know? Year, you know the year and they're they're really cool there's a lot of like um, you know background yeah. stuff and and some gra- it's kind of the modern scrapbook There's Yeah a lot it's so a yeah. super modern she has her degree in graphic design oh, so yeah. Yeah. she like takes it to another level right but it would be re- it's
0: really neat that Chatbooks kind of does that for you right Yeah we try to simplify the amount of decisions a, a customer has to make and so you know we don't have a lot of options in terms of like background colors and layouts and formats it's you know either a, a photo per page or you know four photo collage and that's it and it mm-hmm. was even even getting to the four photo collage on a single page was like pulling teeth around here because really? really that that and <laughs> as much like complicates the user's decisions you know huh. uh, enough that we got to think about it but you know we just try to keep it really straightforward and keeping it straightforward um helps the customer finish more and uh more often and and you know helps us be able to offer the these this product at a price that's you know much cheaper than the competition.
1: So out of your out of your one hundred and ten
0: mm-hmm.
1: employees, how many of them are in the state
0: of Utah? I would say so. Our sixty full timers mm-hmm. are here in Utah, uh, except we we do have um, one full timer in New York, one full timer in Austin, Texas. Um, and then uh, the rest are outside of the state.
1: And how many have moved from outside of, I know this is a, it's a tough, I guess, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't really um, correlate to some of the larger companies because you guys are still, mm-hmm. I guess, considered startup. Yeah. But how many are out of state,
0: um, were out of state recruitment? Yeah, people? so we've had um, the, our, uh, our co-founder and CTO um, moved to Utah from Florida. Okay. Um, and, uh, that's been a big adjustment for him too, you know, growing up in Florida, he never envisioned he'd be living in Orem, Utah, but yeah. now he lives in Orem, Utah <laughs> and we joke about it a lot, but he, he, uh, he's really embraced it and his family, uh, is really, uh, integrated in the community and they're having a great time. Um, our lead backend, uh, developer, moved from Austin, Texas here to Utah okay. as well. Uh, and we've, we have folks here from California that have come out from the Bay area, um, so we've you know probably a handful of folks that that we've either they worked for us remotely and have since moved to Utah or we recruited them and they moved to Utah for it. so what are what are the things that you loved about Utah that,
1: given the opportunity, I mean you've, like you said, you lived in the East Coast for a lot of your life. Yeah. Um, and then I think you were just in high school here in Utah, right? Just high school before that, I lived in Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. So what was it that that pulled you back here? Where you were like, you know what? Let's raise the family here. I yeah. love living here. Um, what were some of the what were some of the um,
0: checkoff points that that made you like? Yeah, here's what we're gonna do. Um, I love the mountains. I honestly, I feel like it's part of my mental health that I need to have mountains close by.
1: You know, look, <laughs> I'm gonna stop you there because you are a mountain goat. I don't know if people <laughs> know this about you, but if you follow down on Instagram, you'll find that he climbs the mountains. When there's not, you know, eight feet of snow on the ground, and I'm not talking about like, you know, the hills behind my house, mountains. He's going up to peaks that, and you start at like four, Four, yeah, way too early, four in the morning, and then like there's these photos of you up on top of this, up on top of Timp, and and all these other. I was. Man, I was blown away. I I told I, we got to get you to come with us. It is so I, fun. I will whine half the <laughs> way up. I'm I'm a whiny whiny climber. If I, I don't have the I don't I see. I,
0: I'm not particularly fast. There's there are people here at Chapbooks that are way faster than I. I like to take my time getting okay. up there. That's why I have to start so early because I'm right. so slow. But man, when you get up there, it's uh, it's a pretty uh, amazing feeling. And we actually have. Um, here at Chapbooks, we call it the Chapbooks Summit Society. It's a silly name, but it's a hey. Let's uh, every summer we're going to put four peaks on the calendar and we're going to go do them together. So last year it. we did Timpanogos and Lone Peak and some other ones. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I have to live close to the mountains. So check that box. Okay. Coming back to Utah, I loved I love North. You know the Carolinas. I loved the coast and there's some mountains there, but nothing is as accessible as it is here. Even. Denver, yeah, you got mountains, but it's 45 minutes to an hour to get to them. Yeah. Here you can be, I mean, from our office to the Sundance parking lot is 15 minutes. Right. So I can go mountain biking or, or skiing there. Um, from my house, I can bike to the trailhead to go biking. Um, it's, uh, so the the access to the mountains, I, I think can't be beat by any metropolitan area. Um, obviously, we have some family here and that, that that's always nice to have. Um, yeah. But probably when I'm, more than anything, it was um, the growing technology sector here at Ch- uh, in Utah that that wanted me to stay here because, as I was finishing my MBA program, and I knew I wanted to work in tech for my career, and you know, consumer was actually my main interest. And there's not a lot of consumer tech here in Utah. Hmm. There's very few consumer tech brands. Mostly these are enterprise SaaS businesses. Right. Look, looking out the window here at Qualtrics, uh, who recently sold to SAP for eight billion dollars, and right. the most successful uh, venture-backed. Uh, enterprise SaaS company in the history of the world um it's uh it, you know staying here in Utah the more I was going through my MBA program I was seeing like hey like there's there's a growing community here there's I could make I could establish roots here and my career could last my whole life yeah um and I, I don't necessarily have to go to San Francisco or Seattle to make that happen anymore although I was planning on doing that um so I I would say those are the the three main things. Yeah,
1: and I think too that uh, that I would also throw in there is is um, the young your young family that you're growing, mm-hmm. right? You have a young family, you're a young man, and and these it allows for your kids to, I mean, play safely in the front yard yeah. at all times of the day, and neighbors all know you, and the community in which uh, you're in Highland, right? Yep. Yeah, great community up there, and uh, so not only access to some really cool uh, play areas, right? Mountains yeah. and and skiing and and all of that, but but a yeah. great place for families to yeah. to really. Um, I had a I had a friend who worked for Domo for a while, and she uh, still works for Domo. He's back back in the Carolinas again, but oh, yeah. he was. Uh, he was so surprised when he first moved here and, and a, a lot of folks that move from out of state that have never been to Utah feel like they have to be in park city yeah. or somewhere in salt lake city up, you know, yeah. Yeah. up in that area. And before, by the end of the dinner we had, when he came to Alpine, I had him looking at homes in the neighborhood and he, mm-hmm. he lived here for, for quite a few years and he loved it here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's just a matter of, of opening, opening doors a little bit more for people to realize, Take some time to to go and drive around these different neighborhoods that are in Utah County, because yeah. uh, even though the Silicon Slopes technically right could go all the way from Ogden down to you know down to Provo, uh, yeah. they're you know the majority of them are here in Utah County. Yeah. Uh, uh, the companies, and so why would you add another hour of a drive up a canyon mm-hmm. when you, you have some really cool living areas right here? Yep. Like you said, we're. I mean, I'm five minutes away from. A trail system that's being being built in Alpine right now that's connecting to Draper yep. by by this summer. I mean, there's going to be more trails. I, there's still trails that I the haven't, really, have, yeah. <laughs> that I haven't I, even seen. I
0: definitely have not. I, I probably have scratched the surface of all yeah. the different trails. So, yeah, you're right. It's uh, I think most people think immediately Park City or downtown Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, but like you said, a lot of the companies, the epicenter is halfway between Salt Lake and Provo. You know, the the hub of Point of the Mountain and lehigh where so many of the businesses are are establishing their roots is you know that's an hour drive from uh, you know forty five minute drive in traffic from Salt Lake yeah. and from Park City forget about it you know that's it's getting a it's getting drive. heavier
1: and heavier because population is increasing here I mean yep. we've seen um, we've seen a lot of folks coming in so one thing I want to I want to ask because uh, you know tech uh, executives are are a, a rare breed and <laughs> so I'm always interested on on what people uh, get into outside of work. So, and, and, and what I mean by that is, is kind of, um, what, what's something that you've purchased off of Amazon or over the last, say, year that has added a lot of like value and joy to your life uh, that you've gotten that, yeah. that, that I'd be, maybe be surprised about?
0: Um, we bought my parents' piano and I've gotten back into playing the piano. And that has been a big difference in my life um, in allowing me, a, uh, giving me a channel to my, release my stress. Huh. It's something different. And uh, it's, it's probably been the, the best purchase we've made in a while. Wow. Well, yeah. that's
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I mean. It's, it's something <laughs> that's totally out of left field. I would have thought, you know, new hiking boots. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So, piano, <laughs> yeah. that's great. We, we um, you know,
0: we, here at Chatbooks, we talk a lot about mental health. And uh, it's super important to stay balanced, and uh, in you know finding ways uh, for you to to relieve that stress. And I think particularly for um, for managers, operators of businesses, especially CEOs and founders, it's there's a bit of an epidemic in um, founders right now. Where I've seen a lot of the uh, you know top uh, venture funds will have. Off sites for their founders just to talk about managing your mental health because wow. it's just it's affecting everybody and sure. so we talk very publicly around uh, about it uh, here at Chatbooks um, around the office and everyone has to find their outlet they have to find their thing that, that, that they can put some time in out, outside of work that makes makes it easier to come back to work and you know for me the learning to play the piano again was, was something that um, was really helpful that's awesome I, I'm terrible at it <laughs> i super bad. My wife is like a hundred times better than me. Um, and that's re- probably the real reason why we got it. So she could keep playing again. But for me, that is, has been really helpful.
1: That's great. I, I, I think that's good in any uh, learning new skills and new things like that, especially that are away from work, you know, and, having it be an artistic yeah. outlet as well is pretty great
0: hey, don't tell anyone around here play the piano like, <laughs> they're going to want me to <laughs> get down at get the chat out. books No, no. <laughs>
1: reunion um so tell me uh, what are some ways that people can find out more about chat books and um uh, an easy point of entry for them i i, I yeah. want people to take actionable steps to go from I knew nothing about this company to now I'm uh, you know maybe I'm using it or at least I'm aware of what they're doing out there because I think it is important it could mm-hmm. add a lot of value to people's lives uh, otherwise I wouldn't be talking with you today you know what yeah. I mean? it's important to me so what are some what are some ways people can can maybe get a hold of of you or get a hold of chat books
0: and, and, and a good point of entry for yeah them? if anyone wants to get a hold of me um, you can find me on Twitter uh, uh, just Dan Jimenez or the Dan Jimenez I think is my silly uh, Twitter handle Uh, that's a great way to get a hold of me you can send me an email dan at chatbooks.com happy to engage with anybody that has any questions if you want to learn more about the company and the brand follow us on Instagram um, and uh, you can search chatbooks on YouTube and we have a series of uh, ads that we ran um, that uh, were particularly popular and got over 100,000 views and so we call them the real mom ads they're pretty funny cool so you can go check those out on youtube i'll add
1: those to the link in the and the uh, blog for the podcast yeah
0: yeah and um yeah i think those those are the methods would love to talk to anybody if you have questions either about chapbooks you have questions about living in utah or working in tech or um whatever it is i'm always happy to to chat with people
1: cool man well thanks so much for the time and um i look forward to uh the hike to yes this summer do it
0: all right okay all right thanks man thanks man
1: For any questions or comments on the podcast, please email me at andrew at siliconslopeslive.com. Also, if there's somebody you know that I should interview for the podcast, please email me and let me know.